Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Jamel Sanders Show, a division of Jamel Sanders International, where we are empowering leaders to make a difference in the world. Saturday, November 12, 2022, and I welcome you to another edition of the Jamel Sanders podcast. Uh, We've been rebranding a lot of things over the last few weeks, and so I'm just excited as we get an inch closer and closer toward the end of 2022. I hope that you're blessed, hope that you're focused, that you're keeping things in perspective, and you're making progress on your goals and realizing your dreams in the final weeks of this year. I want to say hello to all of you that are listening, whether it's on Apple Podcasts. Stay tuned. We're going to be launching some exclusive things for Apple Podcasts really soon, whether you're listening on Stitcher, whether you're listening on Spotify or Google Podcasts or iHeartRadio or Amazon or Audible or other platforms, wherever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of this show. I want to stop and say hello to anybody that may be listening to my podcast for the first time. Thank you so much for the opportunity to serve you and to do life with you. Uh, The Jamel Sanders Show or podcast was created more than a decade ago with one intention, and that was to empower individuals to fulfill purpose, maximize their greatest potential. And every week through intriguing conversations, inspiring guests, intentional strategies and tools, we want to help you live your greatest life every single day. That has been the mission from inception, and that will always be the mission and the driving force behind this platform. And so I'm so honored that you would take the time out of your day, your life, your schedule to join us and to be here again uh, for another edition of this show. I would love to connect with you beyond this podcast. You can go to my website, www.jamelsanders.com. There you'll find a hub of empowerment resources and tools to empower you to take your life to the next level and to realize your greatest potential. You'll find out more about me, the work I do, uh, conferences, seminars, symposiums, keynotes, training systems, programs, all of that great stuff is right there on the website. You'll also find out a link to all of my social media platforms with the exception of, which I believe is official, Jamel Sanders. And you'll just find out more about my books, products, services, and the work we're doing around the world. Beyond this podcast, I am the founder and CEO of Jamel Sanders International, a global management consulting advisory firm that works with uh, leaders around the world and organizations to empower them to fulfill purpose, maximize potential, make an impact, and contribute to the world in a great way. All around the world bringing solutions to complex global problems. And so you want to know more about my consulting advisory branches and my firm. You can get all of that information right there at jamelsanders.com. Uh, 
Um, and if you hear anything during this show that really resonates with you or inspires you in any way, um, I want you to uh, go ahead and share it on social media and use the hashtag Jamel Show. Again, use the hashtag Jamel Show. We would love to hear from you and know how the message of empowerment is impacting your life. I am active on social, so um, I'd love to connect with you and hear how the message of empowerment has resonated with you. Um, beyond that, I'm also an author. I'm a 10-time author. I don't have time to go into all of my books, but I would like to recommend one resource to you, and that is my latest book, Next, The Emergence of the History Shapers. I had a very interesting prophetic vision a few years ago, and in this vision, I began to see industries collapsing. I began to see markets shrinking. I began to see this new era for industries, and I didn't really understand it. I wrote some things down and kind of walked away and forgot about it. And a few weeks later, COVID-19 shut the world down, and all of a sudden that vision began to make sense to me. People began to call, email, uh, reach out on social media, I need help, I'm a leader, I've never navigated anything like this, what do I do? And so I did what I do, I consulted, advised, and provided insight, but I was also writing this book because I believe that one of the most important skills that leaders can have in this era is crisis leadership and crisis management. And so I wrote it because I wanted to have a tool for how to navigate uh, seasons of uncertainty and change in the world. The world needs visionary leadership, and this book is a blueprint and a guidepost for visionary leadership in the 21st century. I delve into the power of vision, becoming a visionary leader, the skills that will be invaluable to industry in the 21st century, such shifting of markets, what markets will no longer be relevant moving forward. I talk about the DNA and characteristics of those that shape history and so much more. I've had so much incredible feedback from this book about how it has touched and transformed and resonated with so many people around the globe. And I know you're going to get some great value out of it as well. So, again, you can go right now, Amazon, Kindle, Nook, wherever you get your uh, books. I believe it's going to be a great benefit and blessing to your life. The book is Next, The Emergence of the History Shapers. Uh, let's take a very quick break, and we're going to jump right into this series again today in just a moment. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Jamel Sanders Show, empowering leaders to make a difference in the world. Welcome back. So we're in the middle of this series, Sync, Aligning Your Life for Greatness. Now let me just kind of tell you what Springboard is. This. I did a digital detox around mid-July. I just come off a of vacation, and I just kind of pulled away from some things on social media, 
And then I returned 30 days later to a platform, and a friend of mine is like, Jamel, I don't know what you did in the last 30 days, but you're totally different. You just seem like a different person. And I began to go into the detox, and I began to talk to them about how during that 30-day clarity detox, the thing that really resonated with me was the power of alignment, alignment spiritually, alignment emotionally, alignment psychologically, relationally, economically, in every arena of your life, and how alignment has contributed so much to my success. And from that conversation, it just began to put a spark in me. I began to write a lot of content around alignment. People began to say how timely it was for where they were in their lives. And from there, I said, you know what, I need to do a podcast series around alignment. Now, mind you, we're on part six today. The intention is to wrap up the series, but you know how this goes. Every time I say I'm going to wrap up the series, It seems like I don't finish it, but I think this is going to be a great uh, place to go today because we we spent a couple of weeks delving into the power of why and finding your why in life and how important that is to your success and prosperity. But we're going to kind of shift gears today, and I think this episode is going to really provide a lot of clarity for a lot of people because Uh, As somebody that consults and advises leaders around the world, one of the things that I know to be true from research and from working with clients globally is that all of us are interested in solutions for work. Uh, We're always looking for tools and tactics to help us uh, in our work and to be more effective with our work. And so no matter where you are on the spectrum of your career or professional endeavors, I believe that this is going to arm you with some resources and tools to help you in a big way. So let's delve into this. This is part six, think aligning your life for greatness. Your why will always connect you to the work that you have been called to do. So the reason that I made this pillar the last pillar of this series is because you got to get to your why before you can jump into the work. Otherwise, you're going to just be all over the place and never really honing in or focusing in on what the vision and the mission of your life is for. And so over the last uh, six episodes, we've dealt with being at in sync with your heart, being at sync with your mind, being at sync with your why, which is your mission statement, and now we're delving into being in sync with your work. This is what I know to be true. When it comes to work, it takes a great portion of our lives. You spend a lot of your time at work, whether you're working a nine-to-five, whether you're working a 12-hour shift, a 15-hour shift, no matter what it is, life takes up a very big part of our lives. And one of the things that I try to tell young people is I don't want you to do what's trendy, what's, you know, culturally popular at the moment. I want you to really think about this because this is a large investment of your life. And you want to make sure that you're focusing in on something that is going to continue to resonate with you for days to come. While it would be ideal for our work to coincide with our why, the reality is um, intersect. Let me say it again. While it would be ideal for our work 
to coincide with our why. The reality is that your paycheck and your purpose may not always intersect. Now, I know that what I just said is going to upset some people and some coaches and some uh, people in that space because everybody is just telling you profit from your purpose, um, get abundance from your assignment. I mean, all of that sounds good, but at the end of the day, you have a real life, you have real bills, you have real responsibilities that you have to take care of. And sometimes your passion uh, doesn't always equate to a paycheck. Um, if you get an opportunity, I want you to do something for me and listen to an interview that I did a couple of months ago for the Truth About, uh, the Ugly Truth, excuse me, about business podcast with my good friend Steve Harris. And in that episode, I talked about the early days of my business as an entrepreneur and how, at the time, life coaching was very popular. Everybody was a life coach, so I assumed that's what I was going to do, and that was the uh, bedrock of my work. And what I learned very, very quickly is that I was not a life coach, and I didn't like it at all. And so what happened is I had to reinvent myself and redefine myself in that space and industry, and it was not an easy journey. And thankfully, because I had great mentors and advisors and people in my life, they helped me to really get centered on what my mission and purpose is and what I should be doing. And when I got clarity around that, everything changed for me. I was not a life coach. I was a consultant. I was a business strategist. And when I begin to operate in that understanding, things begin to change for me. Financially, uh, media attention began to pour in, magazine articles, television appearances. The brand really took off as I got clarity around that. And so I want you to not be so dialed in to what you consider to be culturally relevant because a lot of things that we consider to be culturally relevant quickly become irrelevant. And one thing I don't want you to ever become is irrelevant in your industry or space. And so in order for that to happen, you have to keep growing, evolving, and honing your skills so that you can be the best at what you do. This is what I want you to understand. Your career is what you are paid for, but your calling is what you are purposed for. And so you have to separate the two because they won't always intersect. I could have continued to say, oh, I'm going to be a life coach, and I'm just going to life coach people on their lives. Well, guess what? I would have went under because that was not profitable, and it was not something that I really wanted to do. My passion with leaders, leaders in business, leaders in government, leaders around the world, entrepreneurs, and to empower them and to give them the tools, the strategies, the tactics, the technologies that they needed to be successful. But if I would have continued to try to stay on that other path, I would have not been profitable and I would have been miserable because I was not really living in alignment with the mission. And so what I'm telling you is you may have to do some things that you don't necessarily like. You may have to get that paycheck and you may have to begin to pursue those other interests outside extracurricular activities outside of your job because I don't want to lie to you. A lot of people just want to tell you you're going to just profit from your purpose, and that's not always the truth, but you can still live a rewarding and a fulfilling life in the process, and that's why I feel like it's so important to have these conversations. Your career is what you're paid for. Your calling is what you're purpose for. Sometimes you are blessed to find a career and a calling that intersects. 
Some people can do that. I have friends that are able to do that. They, they, you know, their career and their calling was in the medical arena. Their career and their calling was in the legal arena. Their career and their calling was in being a Fortune 500 CEO or executive in a major firm. But, you know, that's not the reality for every person. So, like I said, some people are blessed to find a career and a calling to intersect. That means that you are able to find something that you are passionate about, and it also pays you. So, like I said, it's good to have a passion, but you need a paycheck. And without a paycheck, you're going to go under and you're going to really have an unfulfilled and a miserable life. And I see so many people, they tell me all the time, if I can't do this, I'm not going to do anything. And I'm like, all of that sounds good, but what are you going to do? You need an income because at least what I know to be true, and I've had to do it, you know, I'm not too big to say that I've had to do both before, and you may have to do both again. It just depends on where you are in your life. But what you do is you use some of that income to help fund your dream. Now, I would much rather you use some of your income to fund your dream than to have no income and to try to pursue a dream that's causing your life to go under. And so that job is very necessary and helpful at times because it gives you an opportunity to funnel resources into the larger things that you want to do. And so if you're like the majority of the people in the world, your career and your calling may not intersect. This means that you will have to make a living and do your life work, life's work as a passion project on the side. And so one of the things I tell people when they get really antsy or frustrated and, you know, they're like, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of the corporate ladder, I'm tired of this nine to five. And I begin to tell them, well, why don't you create a, a, a passion project? Why don't you get a folder and write down some of the dreams, the ideas, the goals, the visions that you have in your heart, and then begin to weigh that against your expenditures and your budget and see how you can begin to take action on some of those things in your life. You know, I remember years ago, before I ever wrote a book, I've written 10 now, and, you know, trying to figure out how to do that, and it's like, how do you do this? You know, you pour this into the book. Hopefully the book is profitable. It's not always profitable. I've had some that were not profitable at all. But, you know, you have to figure that out. And so I say, okay, I'm going to start small here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, of course, it's evolved, and the books are doing tremendous things today. But that wasn't always the case. And so what I'm telling you is create that passion project. It's exciting because let me tell you what most people do. Most people will work their 9 to 5 or their 12-hour shift or however your schedule is. They'll come home, complain about their life and their job, how much they hate it, flop down on the sofa, watch five, six hours of television, scroll social media, go to bed, do the same thing over and over. The reality is that work does take up a part of your life, but it does not take up all of your life. And so when you get off the clock, you still have time, you still have moments, you still have hours that you can be devoting to those things. And I know in the seasons where um, work was really, really straining and taking up a lot of time, what I would do when I would get home I'm not going to sit there and be lazy. I'm going to use this time to begin to create the things that I want to create. And so 
I know back then I was launching a magazine. I remember talking to a coworker at work and then telling me, how in the world are you doing all of this? And I'm like, I, I want to, I want this magazine and I want this project done. So you just get it done. And so I would come back uh, home, work on those things, go to bed, do work, come back home, work on those things on the side. And it develops a great deal of discipline in you, but it also gives you the ability to work on your dreams while you're still having that income and that paycheck coming in at the same time. And so, as I just said, this means that you're going to have to make a living and you're going to have to create those passion projects in your life that give you the space and opportunity to do what it is that you want to do. I want to challenge some of your thinking around work today. Um, Some of the things that I'm going to say to you and share with you may be a little unconventional from what you've heard, but I believe that this will help you no matter where you are in your personal or professional development. So I hope you just listen and be open to what I'm saying. Uh, Too often we only see work as the hours that we put in on a job mission. You know, some people like, if only I could get rid of this job, I would have more time to do the things that I want to do. Well, let me tell you something as an entrepreneur. Um, If you are thinking about leaving a job and going into business, you have to be even more disciplined and intentional about your time. I remember more than a decade ago I started my business, and I remember uh, having to be very disciplined, having to uh, set hours, having to determine tasks and prioritization of activities and making sure that I was focusing on the right things so that I could be successful. And I began to think about when you work a nine to five or 40 hours or whatever, you don't have to think about that because your job description, everything is methodically mapped out for you what to do. You show up, you do your job. When you're an entrepreneur, you have to figure all of that out. You have to figure out the tasks and the responsibilities, the budgets, the overhead costs. You have to figure if you have employees or people assisting you, what are their job descriptions. You're not just going to pay people to do nothing. So all of these different things have to be considered from the standpoint of an entrepreneur. So what happens is we glamorize entrepreneurship, but we don't really understand the process of that. So with entrepreneurship, guess what? I'm not getting that direct deposit every Friday or whatever day you get paid. If I don't produce any results, that business does not make a profit and that business goes under. Not only does the business go under, but those employees that you may have or that are depending on you are going to be without a job because the business does not have the operating income to uh, succeed and to do the things that are necessary to remain in business. And so there's a lot more to think about from the entrepreneurship side than just simply being an employee within a company. And so what I want you to to challenge you to see is that work is bigger than a job and to see it as a way to honor the seed of your potential. Um, you know, I don't want to get too technical on this, but what I want you to understand is that in the beginning when uh, God created man and woman, Adam and Eve, he gave them a mandate to be fruitful and to multiply. Uh, when you begin to study this mandate out, it was to be productive with their lives. Uh, in in the beginning, before the fall of man and before Adam committed high treason against God, 
Man enjoyed his work. After the fall, man went from work to labor where it was not enjoyable, and now man had to work by the sweat of his brow, and he had to exchange hours for dollars. And so real work, meaningful work, significant work is not about exchanging hours for dollars, but real meaningful work is about honoring the seed of your potential. And so when you really begin to operate from that level of awareness and understanding, it becomes less about uh, how much you make and less about all repetitive measures and standards that we look to, and it really becomes about how can I honor the seed of my potential? How can I exhaust the greatness that is in me? How can I use all of my time, skills, talents, abilities to serve the world in the most impactful way? You know, I think about my journey and I think about having this vision of empowering the world and how massive it was at that time and to look forward in these years now and to see the impact that is happening around the world and the lives that are being touched and impacted by this work, you know, it doesn't just happen overnight, but as I continue to remain committed to the process and to growth and development, more opportunities emerge for me to serve more people in a bigger way. I mean, there's 10 books. I mean, there's a podcast that airs all over the world, reaching into countries and territories that I never imagined it could reach. There's a social media platform and presence that allows me to impact so many people on a daily basis. There's the media attention. There's the exposure, the visibility. There's so many things that contribute to that, and we don't see that in the beginning. But if we remain committed to the process and to doing the work, we'll be amazed at what we're able to achieve. If you will shift your perspective about work, you will be more productive and you will prosper. you got to stop seeing work as this bad thing, this burdensome task in your life, and realize that work can be uh, a rewarding thing that you use to honor the seed of your potential and to impact the world in a great way. Work presents us with the opportunity to hone our skills, leverage our capacity, and unlock our potential. And so it's not you just doing a monotonous task or hitting a clock or just letting the hours pass by so you can collect a paycheck. It's giving you the opportunity to build those skills, expand your capacity, and to develop and grow as a professional in whatever your endeavor is. Work presents you with the opportunity for personal and professional development. Um, you know, one of the things that I tell CEOs, leaders in business, government around the world is that we need the best and brightest talent that the world has to offer. And in order for that to happen, it's a two-way exchange. Yes, employer needs to provide personal and professional development opportunities, but beyond that, the individual needs to develop as well. I know that from the earliest days of my life, even in high school, even in college, personal and professional development has been very important to me and being a part of organizations and missions that help me in those areas has been invaluable to me. It has created uh, created excuse me, key relationships. It has helped me develop certain skills. It has helped me to be a better leader, a better communicator, a more critical thinker. It has helped me in so many ways. 
to be more excellent in the work that I'm doing. And so this means that you grow as an individual and you grow in the proficiency of your job. So many people come to me and they say, Jamel, help me. I want to make more money. I want to advance in my career. And I begin to say, let's sit down. Let's look at your resume. Let's look at your experiences. Let's look at what you have brought to the firm and to the organization. And I begin to see some of them looking kind of bewildered. And I'm like, you, you've brought some value to the organization, right? You know, a lot of people are expecting, let me say this, to be rewarded without any contribution. Let's say it again. A lot of people in the world today want to be rewarded where they have made no contribution. I watch people with this prima donna type of attitude, demanding things from employers, from industries, from markets. And when you begin to ask them, what have you contributed? They haven't contributed anything, but they want to reap all of these benefits. And it just does not work that way. If you want to be rewarded, recognized, respected in an industry, you've got to contribute. I tell people, that the things that I'm doing today is decades of work and contribution to get to this point. You don't just arrive at a point. You contribute. You do the work. You put in the time and the energy and the effort uh, to be the best in the world at what you do. And so with growth comes more knowledge and more wisdom which leads to increased capacity. Let me say that again. With growth comes more knowledge and more uh, wisdom, which ultimately leads to increased capacity. And increased capacity is what makes you valuable in the work that you are doing. Let me say it again. Increased capacity is what makes you uh, valuable in the work that you're doing. So you've got to increase your capacity. I don't want you – a lot of people say this, and I've said this before. I think I talk about it in Nix as well. You want to become indispensable in what you do. Uh, a lot of people are like, I have 20 years experience on a job, but they don't really have 20 years experience. What they have is 20 years of monotonous routine. In other words, they have not grown, they have not developed, they have not expanded in any way. They've just done the same thing for 20 years. And so we have to separate between experience and value uh, because when it comes down to those key decisions, it's not going to be that you've been with the firm for 20 years. It's going to be the company that you have contributed to that organization in the process. And so increased capacity is what makes you valuable in the work that you're doing. Organizations that truly want to thrive will prioritize the well-being of their employees because it greatly impacts the bottom line of the organization. Any organization that is worth its weight in salt wants you to be successful because as you are successful, the organization is successful as well. The problem is that we have a very entitled culture today where we want to be successful, but we could care less about the organization. And what you don't understand is that if your goals don't align with the goals and objectives of that organization, this is going to be a dysfunctional relationship. Nobody is going to really benefit or grow from it because we have two competing visions that are not in alignment. And so this is why it's so important for you to be in alignment in your work. Productivity increases when you put a premium on personal growth and development. Let me say that again. Productivity increases when you put 
a premium on personal growth and development. That means that you're not just looking for opportunities within the firm to grow, but you're looking and seeking out um, opportunities on a daily basis in your personal life to grow. What organizations are you connected to? What trade shows have you been to? What memberships do you have? What magazines and trade publications are you subscribed to? See, your commitment to your craft is demonstrated by the investments that you are willing to make. Let me say it again. Your commitment to your craft is demonstrated by the investments that you are willing to make. People say, how in the world have you written 10 books? How in the world have you have a podcast that's been on for over a decade? How in the world have you been able to build this brand that continues to grow and be respected around the world? Because my commitment to, craft, to my craft has caused me to make the investments to be the best in the world at what I do. You don't get to mastery without investment. Let me say that again. You don't get to mastery without investment. And so many people want to be overnight successes. There are no overnight successes. There are no uh, self-made successes. Everything requires investment and development on a consistent basis. If you don't... Um, Basically, what I'm trying to say is if you don't engage, expand your capacity and it's, uh, you cannot expand your work. Let me say it again. If you don't expand and enlarge your capacity, you cannot expand your work. And so a lot of times people are frustrated in their job. You haven't expanded or grown anyway, and because you're not growing, you can't bring anything new to what you are doing. And so, so many people move from job to job, adding positions to their resume, but not adding real value to the job that they're doing. Because you've just been doing tasks over and over again, you have got to make the commitment to growing and consistently developing so that you can bring something unique to the job that you're doing. When it comes to your work, I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions and hope. I don't know if we're going to finish this, but maybe we'll end here. First of all, I want you to ask yourself, am I doing this job to the best of my ability? Because as I just told you, we live in a society and culture that wants maximum returns on minimal investments. And this is a violation of a legality to success. Write that down. Minimal investments and expecting maximum returns is a violation of the legalities of success. It is illegal. You don't get it. Even in, you know, I, my background is finance. You cannot expect a minimal investment to get you great return. But the greater the risk, the greater the payout, the greater the profitability becomes in the investment market. That's why those that are in hedge funds and certain funds, some of them make billions of dollars off of the market because they have hedged for greater risk and greater uh, consequences. And so you can't just think that you're going to get minimum investments and get maximum returns. You have got to ask yourself, hey, are you bringing the best to the job that you're doing on a consistent basis? The next question, what new skills can I bring to my work? Uh, like I said, everybody talks about a promotion, everybody wants a bonus and a raise, but what new skills are you bringing to your job? Are you just doing the same old, same old, expecting a different result, or have you found new depth and dimensions to your job? I talk about this in my book, Mitch. You need to get a copy. I talk about the skills that are invaluable in the 21st century, and one of those skills that I talk about is the ability 
to be adaptable and to expand in your role and responsibilities, regardless of the job, regardless of how monotonous it is and you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over, the question becomes what new skills can you bring to this position? And if you can bring new skills to that position, uh, you're going to open up new possibilities for yourself. The next question is, uh, what new insights have I learned about my field? That's a great question. What new insights have you learned about your field? That may require you doing some things off the clock. You may have to go to some, uh, you know, clubs or groups or memberships within your um, field or study. You may have to be a part of certain trade publications or um, even groups on LinkedIn and other places. How can you learn new uh, skills and insights about your industry because all of this is going to help you more. The more exposure you have, the more you are empowered to expand. Let me say that again. The more exposure you have, the more you're empowered to expand. Visibility increases value. And so you've got to become more visible about what's happening in your industry, where your industry is going and how you can be on the cutting edge of what you do. Number four, what new perspectives can I bring to my current role? What new perspectives can I bring to my current role? So many people tell me, oh, Jamel, help me. I want to get a raise. I want this new position. I want this. And I begin to tell them, what, what have you done in your role? Uh, how have you, if you're in a position that, has a very close correlation to profitability of an organization, how have you done that? And if you have done it, keep a little tablet, write down uh, the things you've done, the projects you've been a part of, how you've helped that organization to succeed and contribute to its bottom line. These are the things that are going to help you to be more valuable in the work that you're doing. Number five, how can I increase my value? As I tell you, visibility increases value. You need to get in more rooms. You need to shake more hands, get in more places, network more, travel more, invest more in key relationships, get mentors in your industry. If you can't find a mentor in the workplace, find a mentor outside of work. Go to um, chapter meetings. Go to networking meetings in your industry. Connect with those people that can help you to increase your value in the marketplace because a lot of times we want all of these great things to happen, but we are not increasing our value. When you increase your value, you become indispensable. You become invaluable to your industry and whatever it is that you're doing. Number six, what is the future of this role? A lot of people, when I ask them this, they look at me like, what are you talking about? A lot of jobs, I'm just going to be honest with you from the perspective of an entrepreneur or a CEO, a lot of jobs are becoming irrelevant. And so if you're just depending on that position to be there and you're not really adding a lot of value to an organization, you need to be looking forward to the future. A lot of things, you know, I want you to read the book. I'm not going to go into it because if I go into it, you're not going to read the book. So read next. I, I go into where industries are going and why you need to know the future of your role. I don't want you to be somewhere and to be totally sideswiped by, uh, you know, the call that they're downsizing or something that's happening in an organization when the signs were all around you. You just got too comfortable and stopped growing. And so what is the future of this role? And seven, what are 
my opportunities for growth and advancement. That's very important. What are my opportunities for growth and advancement? Because so many people uh, never think about those things, but those are very important questions. And so I want you to just take some time and kind of go uh, through those things over the next few days and weeks as we end this year. And if you are in between jobs, even if you are in a career transition, even if you're the CEO of an organization, I want you to ask yourself these questions because I want us to stop seeing work as a nine-to-five, hitting a clock, 40 hours every week, you know, your health benefits, certain things. I want you to see work as the opportunity to honor your potential and to be productive. Uh, you need to contribute. The, the people that thrive and succeed in markets and industries are contributors. And when you contribute, a couple of things happen. I can't believe I'm going to finish this today, but this is wonderful. Uh, when you contribute, number one, you're productive. So don't tell me that you're a contributor to an organization, to a goal, vision, dream, and you're not being productive. Productive is not the look of busyness. Productivity is the execution with the proof of results. Productivity is not looking busy. It is execution with the proof of results. You should have a proven track record that I have done ABCD, and this has contributed to the bottom line and the advancement of an organization of vision. Number two, you're rewarded. When you contribute to an organization or a vision, you're rewarded. Rewards are not always monetary. They come in other forms as well, but there will be some type of compensation for you when you're a contributor. Number three, the bottom line increases. That means that the profitability of the organization increases, and as the profitability of the organization increases, you prosper and profit in the process. And so what a lot of people do, they have the weak links in the chain because they want all of these this stuff to happen, but they have not really contributed to the bottom line. Don't just be um, a taker in an organization. Be a giver. Because a lot of people take. They take 40 hours. They hardly work. They take breaks. They take all of this time off. They take days that they shouldn't take, and they lie about work, and they're off somewhere else doing something else. Be a contributor. Be a giver to your organization. Number four, you multiply your value. When you contribute, you multiply your value, and that won't be overlooked. When you're indispensable, people, your name is going to come up in rooms. It's going to come up in key decisions. It's going to come up for promotions and raises and bonuses and all of that stuff because you have been valuable in the work that you do. And then you expand your capacity. When you contribute, you expand your capacity. And when you expand your capacity, you become unstoppable in the work that you're doing. And so what I really want to always encourage people to do, whether they're the CEO or whether they're the janitor, I encourage people to expand their capacity in their job. Some of the greatest success stories have come from custodians that talked with executives and people, and some of those same custodians began ended up running organizations and being CEOs. What happened? They expanded their capacity, and they leveraged every opportunity for growth. I always tell people, leverage everything for growth. Um, I was recognized with a big honor from Huffington Post as an icon next for excellence and leadership a few years ago, and I talked about 
lifelong learning, being one of the greatest contributors to my success. I leverage everything for growth. I can grow, I can learn, I can extract wisdom, and I can get better in the process. Number six, when you contribute, you grow in advance. And that's what you want to do. You don't just want to get stuck in a role or a position, but you want to grow in advance so that you truly are honoring your potential. And lastly, number seven, when you contribute, you become a master in your field. You become the go-to person. People begin to look to you and respect you for for the work that you're doing. You know, people today, I'm a 10-time author. I'm an award-winning entrepreneur. I'm a respected thought leader. But a decade ago, plus more than 10 years ago now, I was the new person. Nobody knew me. How did that happen? I continued to grow and to reach a place of mastery where now people associate my name with excellence. They associate my name with thought leadership. They associate my name with empowerment because I have worked be the master and the best in the field at what I do. And so whatever your work is, I want you to be the best in the world. If it's running a business, if it's being a manager for a corporation, I want you to do it to the best of your ability. I want you to be valuable, and I want you to contribute to that vision in a phenomenal way. So thank you so much for being here with me today and joining me for another edition of this podcast. I hope you've gotten some value out of it and that it will help you to make the next steps in your personal and professional development. I'll see you again next time. Be blessed.